Folks, I know it's cold outside, but it is heating up here on the Tornado Alley Soccer Podcast. We have a great episode lined up for you folks. A little recap of the offseason. We've got Zach Easton on. We've got we're going to talk about new signings, departures. Uh my gosh, Arsenal. We even talk about Arsenal. So you guys that hate Arsenal, little Schadenfreude coming at you as we will talk about it. But first, it's, it's cold. It's too too dang cold for tornadoes. But you got to get inside. You got to get the blankets, the pillows, the hot toddies, whatever, the, the flu. You got to get away from all that because it's another episode of the Tornado Alley Soccer Podcast. What is up, everybody? Oh, my gosh. It's been too long. I've missed you. I'm I'm glad to be back, and and we have a great episode coming at you on this version of the Tornado Soccer Podcast. I've got Zach Easton. Like I mentioned, he's on, former compadre from the Tulsa Soccer Show. We're going to be talking talking the post, the postseason, the preseason, all the signings that have happened up to this point, give you a little insight on some of the new guys who will be taking the field for the Tulsa Roughnecks in 2018. Feels weird saying 2018, doesn't it? It's just, I've been signing stuff 2017 now for at least a month. So, you know, it happens. <laughs> so, anyway, before we hop into that, uh, I will mention I may have made a, a, a I guess, a inference or a, I may have made a mention of uh, Joaquin Rivas coming on the show. He will not be on this episode. We were not able to link up, but we will soon. And as soon as we get that interview going live, I'll go ahead and drop that even as a special episode, even if it's later this week. We'll we'll drop it as an episode. So whenever that happens, you'll know, and uh, it'll come. So if you're subscribed, which you should, you should subscribe, subscribe, uh, comment, give us, give me us me us five stars tell us we're awesome i would appreciate all the itunes reviews subscribe uh interactions on you on on twitter either at me or rogmen 99 at at rogman 99 or at tornado alley spc holler at me let me know what you think about the show what we can do to make it better anything i'm all ears baby this thing is for you free of charge I'm here to I'm here to serve. So whatever we can do to help, whatever you want to hear on the content of the podcast, I'd love to hear from you, our viewers or our fans or not really viewers, I guess listeners. You're not listening, you're not seeing anything. But anyway, um, BGN.fm is where you can find the podcast, like I alluded to earlier. And we've had lots of new folks who are coming on listening, maybe for the first time, who were new USL fans. Hi, welcome. Thank you for joining me today. I appreciate it. Much obliged. Uh, but there is a great slate of podcasts on the BGN.fm, Beautiful Game Network. We have the USL Show 2.0 out there. Uh, Mongols, if you want to know, there's really tons of great podcasts out there, USL related. And if you're somebody out there that is a podcaster that's looking to uh, link up or get your podcast out there, uh, holler at me and I can get you in touch with the right people. So if you're soccer specific, it doesn't have to be USL. It can be NESL or NPSL, UPSL, whatever. Um, just let me know and I can get you in touch with the right people. 
Easy peasy. But first, we'll uh, get to jump in here with Zach Easton as he came on. Actually, came live in studio here in the Frady Hole, here at the world headquarters of this Tornado Hotline Soccer Podcast. Uh, you can hear uh, my son hollering in the background a few times, so apologies there. But anyway, uh, Zach is on, and we've got so much to talk about Tulsa, Russ, Tulsa Roughnecks and Tulsa soccer-related. So here we go. All right, folks, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, I have a great guest on, Mr. Zach Easton, a familiar voice for those who've uh, listened to the Tulsa Soccer Show. Uh, Zach, man, how's it going tonight, buddy? Roger, it's so good to be behind a mic again. I know. It's great to be joining you on, uh, I think this is my first time on on the podcast here. Yeah, Yeah. your first cap. So congratulations for that infamous... uh, (laughs) (laughs) this <laughs> designation there so uh, yeah great to have you on zach and coming down here to the fradio we are recording live from the tornado alley uh world headquarters here in the frady hole so <laughs> and it, it i mean it is kind of a bunkerish style yeah. here i like it yeah. you know a soccer bunker we got we got a bunch of scarves and posters up all kinds of got your dallas and roughnecks and the athletic ones so yeah yeah it's it's definitely a bunker in here soccer bunker right heck yeah this is where we go when it gets when you get scared and cold right (laughs) loving it yeah so uh man so much to talk about i know i haven't recorded since uh i guess right before christmas we had sunny delisandro on and we talked talk shop then but we've had a lot going on uh we have signings we have uh the latest and greatest news was the usl today right zach yeah one of the the big news that we've been all everybody's been waiting on this offseason is what's going on with USL's division sanctioning and uh, mm-hmm. a lot of that has to stem from well the what's going on with NASL NASL sure. was told well we can't give you you know division 2 because you guys didn't make it mm-hmm. well does USL not make it yet or how does right. that work so it just came out today that USL has been giving has been given division 2 sanctioning uh, temporarily, it's a little hard to understand. I, I'm not quite sure. What do you make of it, Roger? I, I think just right now, I, I really it's a pretty easy solution, really, for the USSF. Let's give them Division Two. It mm-hmm. looks like teams are making efforts to try to get soccer-specific stadiums. You have uh, Louisville making their announcement. Uh, Swope Park looks like they're going away from Mercy or the uh, Children's Field, Mercy Children's uh, Swope Park. So they're because it wasn't meeting up to standards. You know, who knows what that's going to look like, you know, whether they relocate all, all together or they stay in the Kansas City Metro. But it looks like teams are stepping forward right now to try to get soccer-specific stadiums, trying to meet those 5,000-capacity uh, stadium yep. minimums. Yeah, it doesn't have to be soccer-specific. Right, right, but sure. um, it, is, it is definitely starting to be a trend we're seeing where soccer-specific is being pushed out a little bit more. I think it's taking a little bit more time than a lot of um, – a lot of people fans would like but yeah i think the biggest drawback right now or the biggest hindrance for uh usl teams mm-hmm. is some of the owners um and or their uh their value sure you know, might not be up to what ussf wants for division two oh you mean the ownership, the ownership of value you have to have a, what is it 10 million dollars with the or whatever that amount is i don't know off the top yeah. of my head but it's a substantial amount the majority owner has to have in net value. Is that right? Yeah, or does that I think, seem correct? I, th- I think there's a few teams maybe that don't meet that. Um, right. But I, if, 
you know, it's hard to tell. I think for the most part, USL meets it where obviously NESL was so far from it. I mean, they're what, sure. you know, if they play this year, they'll have six teams now that Indy 11's no longer there. Right. North Carolina's no longer there. Right. Is Puerto Rico even going to be able to have a team? What's going on over in San Diego? The Deltas are out. Sure. So, I mean, you know, it's pretty much, I think most people at this point know that NESL as it is right now, mm-hmm. as we know it for the last couple of years, is done. And, uh, you know, a lot of that, you, you know, I think you could make an argument that it was USSF's fault. There was some favoritism. But I think a lot of that comes down on to um, the ownership groups of the NASL mm-hmm. were had big plans, but, you know, couldn't pull through with those plans, you know. Right. And it's, it's such a shame because you're talking, you know, we'll just quick do a quick diatribe here on the yeah. NASL, but that news did break also the, they would not do it forgo the spring season of 2018 to play in the fall of 2018 and go to a FIFA schedule, which by the way, it is uh, five degrees outside here in Tulsa right now. And it is <laughs> January what 16th. So, um, and they play in this in the winter, so eh, who knows? But anyway, uh, it looks like right now they're putting that on hold, or and and looks like they have plans maybe to go forward. You and I mean, just a feasibility team in Miami playing all the way in San Diego, and there's six teams. How's that going to look over a thirty team or a thirty game schedule? I, man, I I tell you, I I would hate to have to be the person that have to put the money for those travel costs. Yep, uh, it's just feasibility. It's yep. it's comes down to at the end of the day it's are you in the black or the red yep and those ownership groups you can only be in the red for so long until you're you can't get it's just it's, un, it's unsustainable yeah uh, ultimately roger look this is how i look at it mm-hmm. you know i would love there to be another league that is competing against mls sure. and the whole you know kebab or whatever you you know, kebab, right, yeah, you know yeah. whatever Tr- you trying to upset it. the apple cart you, yeah. absolutely yeah um but it's you know, it's not my money. If it right. was my money, I would not be investing in another league. I would be joining USL. I'd be joining MLS as fast as I can because that's the one, at least it appears from the outside, is making right. the money. Yeah, and absolutely. if I was somebody who had a bunch of money, I want to make more money. So I don't I don't hold that against the, the owners that are wanting to switch over to USL. Sure. Uh, it's just the smart decision. Yeah. Um, but it, it, is, it is sad to see, and I think ultimately – it could hurt U.S. soccer if sure. um, there's if there's no competition, things aren't going to get better, and right. and that's just you know how it is here in America is that. Um, but I, I think as fans, we need to be able to force that. We need to mm-hmm. be able to say, hey, there are things that we can do now. If there's going to be one division two, we need to make sure that that division two is first taking care of the players there's a big Absolutely. reason why nasl was getting some really good players is because they were taking care of their players they're giving yep. them in 12 month contracts usl's not doing that you know I think sometimes that, in two-year contracts too two yeah yeah you know i think that needs to start being a requirement is 12 at least minimum of 12 month contracts sure um you know these guys are going you know in, in their off season they don't have health insurance. They don't, mm. you know, they're having to pay for personal trainers and they can't afford right. that. Um, and it just, it makes us worse as a soccer nation. So. Yeah, I, I agree. I think, 
So I mean, yeah. that's that's a whole other you know, topic we can get into is the wages and and oh yeah, maybe yeah. we can get one of these you know former players on and because I, I mean I'm really interested in that too because that's part of it and and yeah. you have to make sure you're yeah. taking care of the players and it doesn't sure. get better unless there's competition or sure. it's the fans pushing it and so if there's not going to be competition anymore if you know if it continues to be what it is right now and it appears right. that it's going to be um, we as fans have to stand up and say we need to make sure things get better things that don't didn't happen with you know make sure american players are being trained the right way right. um so we can have a good uh, um american national team we obviously yeah. everybody wants that and make sure the women's game is also being invested into um yeah. as well yeah i mean there's so many american uh, women playing overseas right now because mm -hmm. those are the best opportunities and uh, yeah obviously nwsl which was part of the uh, announcement as well you know being sanctioned division one kind of a provisionary division mm -hmm. one similar to uh, the usl and division two so yeah you're right there's a lot there's so much developmentally my god we could talk you know three we could have a whole series on that because yeah. you're right that's there's that's obviously a very important uh important subject and something that we could totally delve into and, and yeah and, and don't really forget roger uh usl division two or whatever right um division three actually yeah their their second tier for usl uh will be starting in 2019 next year um so there's some mm -hmm. news about that just some more teams maybe looking to join there sure. um, we could even see orlando city uh too they mm -hmm. dropped out of usl this year we saw them uh are, they're no longer in usl uh there's some rumors going around that they could be you know starting up in uh 2019 in the third division yeah, yeah, that was something, and, and obviously, you know, the two teams that are leaving, Orlando City B mm -hmm. and Vancouver, which I think we've talked about in the show before, but that was announced pretty early on. But we've had some teams coming around, uh, coming mm -hmm. to, and, and, and one of them, uh, two of them have taken some of our former players, unfortunately, and I guess yeah. we can kind of segue to talk about some of the off-season moves that the Roughnecks have made and some of the departures that are going to be something that I think we'll all feel on the field uh, this season. So let's jump into that. So the first one that was announced, so we'll just talk about the ones leaving and then uh, – well, actually, let's talk about the ones coming on and, and just kind of get, uh, you know, your thoughts there, Zach. But we have uh, returning, we have Fabian Serta, Paris G. Uh, both guys put uh, some good minutes, and obviously Serta uh, was our goalkeeper last year. And then you have uh, Joaquin, Joaquin who will yeah. be joining us later on in the show. So uh, you guys will want to stick around for that. Joaquin yeah, will be on. Joaquin's a good guy. I'm yeah. Uh, so right now those three players have been uh, re-signed. Mm -hmm. A big one for me is uh, Fabian Serta. You know, sure. Pretty much probably going to be our captain this year, the guy with a lot of experience, signed to a two-year contract. Okay. That, that is great. Yeah. Um, to be able to assign players to two-year contracts we did that we've only done that with brady blue and mm -hmm. um uh, when christian wasn't he Mata, yeah Mata was a two-year too i think um so those that's what we need to start doing more of it's good to get a, a you know our keeper that was phenomenal you know if he would have been able to play more games last year i think he would have been right up there with keeper of the year for usl yeah. um the other you know joaquin great player mm -hmm. um uh, the guy I'm probably excited to see how his offseason went is Paris Key. 
Yeah. This is a kid who, you know, remember at the very beginning of the season, he was just maybe once in a while would come on for a couple minutes. Um, and then he really started towards the end of the season taking shape and being able to sure. be one of the, the go-to starting um, players for us. And he sure. scored that that goal down in San Antonio yep. that was amazing, yeah. by the way. Um, it, yeah, so that was that's one guy, you know, if he had a solid off season and he was training, he was doing mm-hmm. what he needs to do mm-hmm. during the off season. Um, hopefully he just continues that growth that he was showing during the season last year. Right. And just for, for a, just a quick note for everyone, we had, we had to work around Joaquin's schedule because he's like, dude, I got to go to the gym. So <laughs> we know he's working out. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I know a lot of these guys, I know there's a video of Jonathan Levin. Uh, we haven't heard anything, whether if he's going to be re-signed or not, but he was working out and he looked like he was putting in some time. So I know these guys are certainly uh, getting out there, getting their hustle on. So that's good to see. Uh, but let's go ahead and talk about those that will not be returning with the Roughnecks. Uh, Ian's Fontessen to the Charleston Battery. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a that's a guy who really led the team in scoring last year. Uh, had moments where guy looked unstoppable. He he really came into his own last season with the rough necks and yeah, I, I think it's a forward that you see a lot of potential, mm-hmm. but he's still a lot of growth to do. He's tall. Um, I would like for him to be able to get into a little bit better spacing. That was sure. my only complaint was sometimes that you know there's open spots that he could run to that he wouldn't make those runs. Uh, but man, for a tall guy, he was good with his feet. Yep. Yeah, the ball at his feet. You know, I felt comfortable sure. whenever time he had the ball. I was like, he's gonna take a good shot, mm-hmm. um, and he usually did, which is really impressive for a tall guy. And you don't normally think that he's yeah. also a physical guy. So I think it's sure. it's uh, something we're gonna miss this year. That yeah. tall physical presence in the box. Yeah, and That's we'll see. Yeah. You know, and maybe some of these new signings um, that we'll have, and we'll we'll discuss them here in just a second. But maybe some of these guys, but I don't think any of them are six foot six. And, uh, you know, that's, that's obviously we're going to miss that big mm-hmm. point man in yep. the middle, but yeah, they can uh, use his feet. Absolutely. Yeah. And then we had a uh, Kosuke Kamira and both he and Bradley bourgeois off to Nashville S S C who are putting together quite the, yeah. uh, roster of players over there. Uh, those are two guys, you know, Koski, you know, kind of fought some injuries there at the end, but yep. uh, you know, when he did play, he did, he put yep. in some good minutes, had yeah, that good... case at the end of his career. Um, <clears throat> sure. he, but he's the captain and he's going to take that leadership to Nashville and, uh, probably be their captain for them and, sure. um, take his MLS experience, his USL now experience mm-hmm. to a, a new team that that's what they need. Um, so congratulations to Kioski. Now, Bradley, you know, the surprise of 2017, I think um, the former TU standout, you know, went down to Houston, was Mm -hmm. cut from Houston, um, and then joined us, kind of a last-minute thing, but Mm -hmm. became one of our best players. Definitely one of our best defenders. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's disappointing not to be able to get a player like that back, a young player that has a ton of potential that really – probably deserves another shot at MLS and it might get it with Nashville. Nashville's a team that is looking for players that could also fill into that MLS role because they only got one year at USL and then they're up to MLS. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, if you're Kosuke or if you're, well, really Bradley, especially yeah, Bradley, no, you can't I'm, turn that down. No, I'm excited for Bradley. He deserves <laughs> sure. it. 
you know, definitely one of the best players and definitely one of the best guys that was on the team, you know, personally. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then Chris uh, Tier Young, who came on about, I think, maybe kind of towards the end of the season, but he put in some quality minutes. He had a motor. He was always running around. I, mm-hmm. I talked to his dad a couple of times. We made it out from California out here to watch Chris play. Yep. Uh, that's, you know, I think he was a guy, I think if we would have saw him longer over the season, we would have noticed his – I mean, he had some good contributions. Uh, I remember the match, and I think he had the goal in, in, in um, Phoenix, and then I believe he was the one who scored against Seattle, if I'm recalling correctly. I'm going off rogue memory here, but yeah. I remember – I think he scored like five minutes into his debut. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he came off the bench and scored. Um, California kid that – sure you know, probably wanted to be back out, uh, back out West, mm-hmm, uh, went mm-hmm. going to Reno, good place to be, um, talented team, attacking team. We saw sure. that last year. So hopefully he gets a lot of minutes there, um, with how much talent they have. I think he should, he deserves it. Yeah. Uh, he was with San Jose, um, for a little while too. So another kid that, hopefully gets another shot at MLS. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that's probably that connection right there you just mentioned, mm-hmm. that San Jose connection, and obviously being closer to family is yes. probably important as well. Uh, and then last but not least, we can't uh, stress how big this uh, loss this is going to be, but Juan Pablo Caffa going to Fresno, mm-hmm. that's going to hurt. Yep. Uh, you know, this is another brand-new team in Fresno that mm-hmm. is going out and just like Nashville making some big signings. And they needed a captain, somebody that's been around the block and somebody that knows how to uh, lead a team. And uh, Kafa got the, you know, he's had experience, you know, throughout his, um, his, you know, career, you know, great career. And then last year he was able to get that experience in uh, USL. So, uh, you know, both him and Kioske, if I was starting a new team, those guys are perfect for what I would want to bring in to help lead the team. Um, so... Fresno got a, a great captain, you know, it's, it's going to be sad to see him in, in different colors come wow. this season, especially, you know, Kioske, uh, Bradley and, you know, uh, Ian, they're all mm-hmm. in the East coast, so we won't see them. Uh, but Chris and, uh, Juan are both in, in the West conference. And so I think, uh, especially seeing, uh, Juan, uh, Pablo Caffa in, you know, a really good team, probably a team that's going to be in the top of the pack for Western Conference is going to be tough to see. Boy, that Western Conference yes. next year. Woo, man, that's it's going to be. Folks, if you love good soccer next season, get ready. Yep. It's going to be. Or from top to bottom, oh, Roger. Yeah. I, you know, we can maybe talk about this a um, little bit later mm-hmm. uh, after preseason, but, man, I don't even know, like, where I would start. I mean, obviously, there's a few teams I would put up there towards the top, but I don't even know then um, how to fill it out, you know, projections for this year. You could be lazy and just say Phoenix. (laughs) Yeah, you could, but, you know. (laughs) That wouldn't be a bad choice at this point. But San Antonio's up there. Yeah, Uh, We're seeing Fresno and Las Vegas both bringing in some talented players. Sure. Sacramento is always going to be up there. Yeah. Man, I could go on with every single team other than maybe Seattle and Portland. Yeah, we don't uh, know what they're going to do. Yeah, yeah. and Seattle's moving to a different town. So, you know, who knows? Maybe they put more of an emphasis on winning instead of development like they have the last couple of years. So um, all around, 
it's going to be an interesting year. Uh, yep. No more trips to Canada, unfortunately, or fortunately, yep. or however you want to see, however you think of that. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, we're going to take a real quick break, and then uh, we will start up and we'll discuss the new signings mm. with the new players after this. All right. Thanks for uh, staying with us, folks. Uh, appreciate everyone listening, and we will knock out part two of our, of our, I guess, the acquisitions from <laughs> this uh, so far this season. Um, so these guys, uh, so we these are, these will be the players that we don't know a whole lot about because they played in South American leagues, um, and man, we'll. I, I guess we'll just kind of go with what we know right yeah. now. I, I mean, this is Coach Vaudrill's, you know, uh, what he does. He goes and scouts. He's a good scout, and he mm-hmm. can go find some guys um, out of nowhere, it seems like. You know, he uh, he found Juan Pablo Caffa that mm-hmm. nobody had really heard of, uh, brought him up, and was a star in the USL. And so hopefully he finds another guy like that. Um, but, yeah, I think that's just something that – sets us apart from a lot of other teams is we're, we're going after that South American, Central American kind of flair where mm-hmm. a lot of other teams, especially some of the newer ones are going for the, um, the, uh, American style, the, the, the guys with the experience in USL, I, I think, you know, budget wise that might be for us mm-hmm. that kind of, uh, cause we have a smaller budget. We have to do things a little bit different, sure. um, and go and get those guys that, people haven't heard of but still could pan out uh, very well so it's it's taking a big risk but it could give us a big reward yeah and it seems like that's kind of like you said that's that's coach Valdrell's calling card so far yeah. is getting these kind of south american guys uh, you know john juan pablo Cotha, five inserta uh you had these guys coming up and you know francisco Ugarte and yeah uh, and, and he can and also find guys um, like Modu last year. Mm-hmm. This is a good example. I know we got a couple guys like this uh, coming in this year who maybe played in the U.S. growing up that uh-huh. were from here and had some experience with the American system but then went to um, South America or some other place to get that um, that style of play that Coach Vaudrill really likes to see, that, that uh, build from the back, the little um, the, the South American style. Yeah, yeah, and uh, you know he's a coach who can speak fluent Spanish and mm-hmm. English, so you know, I think that's an ad, that's advantageous for uh, scouting purposes for coaching. I mean that, that's huge, mm-hmm. that's huge, and you know I think you open up you open yourself up to an entire continent of players. I mean r- r- literally, <laughs> and so and that's what we're kind of seeing with Coach Vaud. Uh, you're seeing uh, some of these players that are coming in from Central South America coming in that you know just because you haven't heard of them now doesn't mean they won't be oh i don't know an mvp candidate next you know this season so uh we'll we'll run into that yeah but yawn or or john i guess perez from uruguay uh he is from uh, montevideo played in played in uruguayan league but he was also signed with chelsea for a little while chelsea yeah that chelsea not some not chelsea in south america but chelsea in london england chelsea was signed there, uh, mostly played on loan with a team that he frequented with, the Fencer Sporting out of uh, out of Montevideo. And then he uh, had a couple of uh, uh, loans with uh, Leganes and Getafe uh, B, which is uh, a La Liga team. And he ended up back at the Fencer Sporting. 
I really had quite a few appearances when he was at Gattafi and uh, Lagunas. We had 29 appearances, 22 there, 14, 15. Didn't uh, had three appearances last with Defense for Sporting, uh, but uh, this is a guy. Uh, I've heard he's kind of a kind of a nine, a good kind of a around the box guy that can uh, create and can do some things. Is kind of what I've heard. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say I'm an expert, but this is just kind of what. You know, people that know a little bit more than I do have talked about. So, uh, you know, you have a guy, if he was good enough to get Chelsea's attention, uh, you yeah. know, he, that's that's that that works for me. Yeah. Um, you know, he's a guy, he's kind of ran some injuries, and which is kind of why he's, you know, kind of inopportune times, just kind of reading through his bio here. Uh, you know, he was, you know, at the end of the season, suffered an injury and, and, and you know, maybe kind of hampered his development there, but. He's only 24 years old. Yep, that's what I was going to point out is he's 24 years old. He's been around. You know, mm-hmm. he, he probably has, he you know, looks like he hasn't played a whole lot of professional games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, this fits right into, you know, what we've been bringing into Tulsa that seems to work. It's these kids that you know, are, are younger but then fit into the style of play that Vod wants and that, um, you know, this could be a diamond in the rough kind of player. Um, So, yeah, to me, one of the things last year we were really missing is that, um, you know, that forward that can take the ball and have a shot. We saw it out of Ian a couple times, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to see a standout player that really um, becomes – you know, a star for Tulsa. I think we haven't sure. really had a star forward um, since the first year with Sammy Ochoa for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but even then, you know, it would be great to have a younger forward star, which is a hard thing to find in USL. Yeah. Uh, so if we can find it in uh, Juan Perez, you know, that it's going to be great. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, I mean, my gosh, if, if we could just develop, guys that can score goals, you know, (laughs) easier said than done. Right. But this is a league that it's, it's open at times. You can score some goals. You can create some chances. Mm -hmm. You can get behind some defenders. And I think if you're someone that's looking to kind of resurrect or, or, you know, redefine your career, this is a great league to do it. Mm -hmm. And it's not to say that the league's not hard because it is, but it's wide open and it's fast. And you can get some chances, catch people on counterattacks. We see it happen all the time. Even good teams, it happens. So, you know, I think this is a great – and also playing with uh, someone who had experience, you know, obviously coaching the guys from South America, players from South America, who can kind of, you know, band together, hang out, have that camaraderie. I think that's huge. Yep. And, yep. and right now, uh, Juan Perez is the only forward on the, the depth chart right now. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know – doesn't always I, you know, we haven't seen this guy play. Is he going to be a starter or not? Sure. Uh, but usually, you know, if he's the only one being signed and he's the first one, um, Coach Vaught is is interested in him. So I, w- I would think that he's going to get his shot to be able to start several games. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. And then next uh, signing was Riggs Lennon, mm. uh, former RSL Monarchs or the Salt Lakes, whatever you call them, Real Monarchs. Uh, he. Uh, his brother signed with the uh yeah the you probably heard of uh, his brother brooks lennon yeah, if, brooks. You, mm-hmm. if you pay attention to uh uh mls any and some of you liverpool fans out there probably probably know him uh just because you know he went on um 
he played for Liverpool and then went on loan to Salt Lake City. And I think this year he got signed to Salt Lake City, so he's right. no longer with Liverpool. But, um, yeah, you know, a kid who knows, you know, this is a little bit different signing. It's a uh, an American kid that um, has just played in the in America. Uh, right. But he's played with some really, really good uh, college teams, uh, Virginia, you know, being played there for three years and then mm-hmm. went off to uh, Creighton, you know, one of my favorite uh, college soccer teams, you know, definitely a college soccer uh, school in sure. Creighton uh, that we see quite a bit coming here to TU. But mm-hmm. um, so a versatile player, you know, a, just from the description, it looks like he can play everywhere, you know, forward, mm-hmm. defense. Um, my guess is we'll probably be seeing him um, on the defensive side. Sure. Uh, because that kind of seems if Coach Vaud can put you anywhere, he's usually going to try you in the back. Yeah. Um, but we'll see how it goes. Yeah, he kind of screams at me, kind of a, a fullback type position. If he can come up and play, you know, you want that overlapping fullback type player. So, we might end up seeing him on the corners, um, mm-hmm. you know, maybe even at midfield if needed. But uh, so, yeah, that's good to see somebody that can play, you know, different positions and, and can, can can contribute that way for sure. And then we have uh, another South American assigned, uh, Claudio and- Andres uh, Camilio or Munoz, Camilo, but I guess he goes by Claudio Munoz. Uh, he's a... Uh, from a very fam- he's he's a little older he's 33 and he actually played at Universidad de Catholica mm-hmm. I'm probably butchering all these names guys uh, uh, yeah this is what happens don't when ask red- me <laughs> this has happens when a redneck tries to uh, <laughs> tries to uh, speak you know uh, the native language but anyway uh, so that's where Publicoffa came from after uh, that was his last stint and if I'm not mistaken so he's a a guy who's played quite a bit in uh, Argentina or in Chile in leagues. Uh, was a you know guy who looks like he's had tons of appearances, tons of I mean he's played minutes everywhere he's gone, uh, so you know he's a guy who's going to contribute, have that veteran leadership mm-hmm. for this team. Uh, even though if you don't know much about you know him as a uh, player, uh, and then but you know just kind of looking, it's just like man, this is kind of a John Juan. You're going to think Juan Pablo Caffa, but on the defensive side, right? Yeah. I mean, that's just my initial thoughts. Yep. My, mine too, you know, um, looking at his resume and everything, you know, just kind of stands out as a uh, Juan Pablo Caffa replacement sort of, but on the defensive side, mm-hmm. you know, after losing Kioske and Caffa, you know, that's two of our three leaders really. And we mm-hmm. kept Zerta, um, but both those guys is gone. And so we got to go out and find a couple uh, older players that have been around that understand the game that know what's going on sure. to be able to lead. Um, and you always want a leader in the back. And so and this guy be able to um, you know, make sure he's leading the team from behind uh, in the defensive position is good. So uh, it's interesting, you know, you never, with these kind of players, you can expect a lot, but um it's always a little scary when I see somebody's 33, they've been to a ton of teams, mm-hmm. um, you know, hopefully it, not injury prone or anything. I, so I, I'm hopeful, but then also a little pessimistic about this one. Um, just because, you know, we've seen it not work before. We got lucky with Kafa last year. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping, you know, we can do the same thing. Yeah. 
and then uh, our our other signing from uh, from South America, we have uh, Santiago Medana. Uh, he is from uh, Argentina, and there's not much known about him. Well, you know, I I tried to do a little research out out there on my own, and I couldn't find anything that, and it's hard because I, you know, my Spanish is very limited. So, <laughs> but I even I I couldn't I didn't find much on him other than you know what the Roughnecks had released. Uh, yeah, it looked like he hadn't played maybe in a season or so. But uh, but anyway, uh, Coach Vaudrill, uh said he's very quick very technical attacking midfielder. So there's your you know, Juan Pablo replacement mm-hmm. attacking mid uh, who had played a little bit with the uh, River Plate, which is a, you know, the one of the two team, you know. premier clubs, you know, in in uh, South America. Well, really one of the premier teams in the world, I would well, say. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. You know, uh, Boca Juniors and River Plate, right? Yep, yeah. And uh, I guess uh, <laughs> it's funny because that's where I think uh, Juan Pablo Cava had a little bit of a time at, at Boca Juniors. Was it, was it Juan Pablo had played at Boca? Yeah, I think he did. You know, all, all these players that, you know, Santiago looks like he spent with their under-23s mm-hmm. and, you know, just their academy kind of. Um, and, and so you wonder about that because, he, sure, that's a good system. It's some good sure. base knowledge to get. Uh, but hopefully he also has the uh, work ethic and the drive. Um to fill in those uh, those gaps that you know he's if he's been out for a couple of years hasn't been playing with any professional teams I'm sure he's you know there's all kinds of um, amateur teams that he's probably been playing with um, sure but you know it, it's a different game when you go into the professional side and so hopefully you know he's got that uh, that worth work ethic that sure. you know, been training and keeping uh, in shape. Um, but I'm sure Coach Vaudrill scouts these guys. He sees them play. He knows what's going on. Yeah, probably knows more a little bit more than I yes. do. So I'm gonna yeah. take it upon faith that. <laughs> and since he had such, he had the Midas touch last season. It seemed like, and you yes. know, it's like, well, it's hard to. I mean, if it's not broken, don't fix it. You yep. know, so it's hard for me to sit here and you know poke holes in a lot of what's going on because it seems like he knows what's going on. But so we'll go with that. And then uh, the la- the last sign was Christian Rodriguez. Mm-hmm. Um, getting a little bit of information on him. He was, uh, I believe, uh, he's also El Salvadorian, but I believe he was born in, in, in Washington, D.C. area. So that would make him, you know, actually, a, you know, uh, that would not take up an international's roster spot because we've been talking international players and you can only have a certain allotment of those in, even in the USL. So that's a great thing. And then uh, it seemed like he's had a lot of youth experience coming up. Uh just kind of look up a little bit about what Christian brings to the table. And yeah. Was with uh, DC United mm-hmm. Academy. Um, there were some other academy uh, amateur teams that he played with in the DC area. You know, this is a, he, he's kind of a small guy at five foot seven, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, fast, technical player. You know, this is another what Coach Vaudrill is looking for. Somebody who, knows the American system that maybe trained in it a little bit, but then went off and got that, that South American flair, that, that what he's looking for, that, you know, that way of playing that, that the South Americans kind of take away. And, um, you know, I think this, he could be a really good midfield for um, Tulsa. Just using if he's as fast as what Coach Vaudrill is talking about and, um, 
know, small guy can get behind uh, defenses, can get around def- uh, mid other midfields. Sure. Um, so I'm excited about this just because it's one of those that kind of feels like it's that that right player that Coach Vadriol is playing. Yeah, yeah, he had a turn pro. Uh, I believe so. He does. I don't believe has any college experience. He was playing pro with Lyon, and he was uh, in France, and uh, and also in in uh, Groningen FC Groningen in Netherlands, which I couldn't tell you what league they play in. But either way, I mean, we've seen some of these that play in small, like Josie Altidore, perfect example. Played for uh, played in Netherlands, and some other you know U.S. guys have gone that route as well. So. Looks like he's got a great pedigree, played it fast, a CD fast, which I believe they're one of these teams that makes the CONCACAF Champions League. Yeah, yeah one of the best uh, teams in uh, El Salvador. Sure. So, you know, he's looks like he has a good background there. And, uh, yeah, he's on Twitter as well. So he, so you can get out there, follow him, chat with him. And, yep. uh, yeah. yeah, one of the things that stood out to me with him on Twitter was that it's pretty obvious that he has been working out a ton and working sure. personal trainers, uh, which is, you know, I'm sure your players are doing that too, but right. it's always good to see um, players putting that on social media. You have a little bit more faith um, in them when you see that, just because that's hard to do for offseason. We've kind of talked about it a little earlier in the first half, uh, but, you know, these aren't, these guys aren't getting paid. They're, you know, they're out of, they're unemployed right sure, now right. and to be able to continuously go into the gym, uh, paying for those trainers, paying for that time, mm-hmm. um, is good. It shows you their hearts. And I think Christian is a guy that, you know, is going to fit in well with that, that mentality here in Tulsa, you know, we're looking right. for players with heart, you know, yeah. we're not going to get the, we're not the Arizona. We're not going to go and pay for Drogba. We're going to go and right. find a guy like Christian who has heart that, you know, just needs a shot so it's good to see him uh you know hopefully he gets a good look too yeah well what do you think about that so obviously some of the what we're kind of seeing a a personality of the team mm-hmm. uh, you know a uh you know just as you know i know we go one season in with uh, coach Valdriol, but you're seeing kind of his stamp on this it's yeah this is more guys, of his stamp than last year i think right getting these you know like you said south american players getting these players that are kind of looking to make their name, mm-hmm. really. I mean, even with Riggs Lennon, he didn't get a lot of playing time, but he's somebody that obviously caught Coach's eye. And, you know, you know, Paris Guy was another that. It's like, hey, he didn't play a lot up till last season, but, man, he played a lot, and he acted pretty good. So it looks like, you know, there's maybe a combination of developing talent, getting the talent. Are you, as a fan, Zach, is, this, is it okay that Tulsa is a stepping stone for some of these guys? Yeah. Is yeah. that, I mean... I, I, I tend to agree with that as well. I, yeah. I just want to make sure I wasn't crazy here. No, I mean, and I think as fans, I think we have to realize where we are, you know, what kind of ownership group we have, which, by the way, I don't think we talk about this enough, but, you know, the ownership group and the Hubbards and the, and the, the Drillers organization has really stepped up mm-hmm, this last sure. year and is starting to, um, you know, we had a lot of complaints about 2016. Well, 2017, they went out and they spent the money. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. We did much better and uh, it showed. And then this year, it looks like they're spending more money again. But yeah, I, I think, you know, and we went out and we got Coach Vaudriel, who's going to go and get those um, South American players that, you know, are hungry, that will come here for, you know, probably a little bit lower wages than what most teams pay. Um, 
you know, that just need an opportunity to show what they have. Sure. Um, the other thing we haven't really talked much about is our partnership with the fire was yeah, extended. Absolutely. Yes. Um, I think and, we just kind of assumed it was going to happen. Yeah. And I think maybe we just kind of caught the rumors. It just, I just, I thought it was already announced. <laughs> so yeah, when it I was announced, too. I go, Oh wait, it wasn't, was it? Yeah. Um, but yeah, they made it official sure. for 2018. Um, you know, this is going into the second year. We didn't talk about Christian Fernandez or, um, or Colin Fernandez. Colin yeah, yeah, Fernandez. Yeah. Sorry. Um, but he is with, he was cut by the fire and now he is with Arizona, uh, mm-hmm. over in Phoenix. And, um, that was something for me seeing both him and, um, Joey, Joey Kleistry, uh, being cut by the fire was kind of a head scratcher, wasn't it? Yeah. It was, you know, two amazing players and especially Joey, you know, really one of the best players, one of, uh, the best young players in USL last year. Why, you know, it's hard to understand why uh, Chicago would send those guys down for the entire season, really, and then just cut them, you know. Well, yeah, especially, so I mean. It looks bad all around. And so I, I, yeah. I don't, you know, it's going to be tough. You know, we'll see. We have the uh, uh, Super Draft coming up here soon um and i know coach vaud will be there um helping chicago scout a little bit and um seeing what kind of players we could possibly see coming down here to tulsa um you know but you gotta wonder you know are we the team that chicago is like just send the players that we don't really want or are we you know are they going to actually use use us to say we want to develop these players because we want to keep them right um it appears that last year the players that they send us they didn't want to keep so um hopefully and and you don't want that in the minds of players yeah no i agree and uh, yeah you're right i kind of scratched my head a little bit at least i thought he did keep joey he did so well for us. I mean, my God, I take him back in a heartbeat. Yeah, know, even well, Colin. You know. Even Colin, because you know, Colin had some off games, but he was still he's still really young. Mm-hmm. Um, but he when he showed, you know, when he could play, he could play. And um, you know, some of the best was when uh, Hayes. Oh, uh, Jacory Hayes. Jacory yeah. Hayes. FC him and Jacory Hayes would link up. That was some of the best playing I've seen um, from out of Tulsa by anyone, really. You right. know, and so I thought he sh- he's showing sparks, and mm-hmm. they just need to keep him a few more years. You know, send him down one more year. Um, hey, my gosh, yeah. he's twenty. Well, maybe twenty-one now. I mean, he's young. Yeah, he's really young. Yeah. Yeah, Joe, Joey was a little bit older, but... Oh, yeah, Joe, I think um, 23, 24, something yeah. in that range. Uh, but, yeah, Fernandez going to Phoenix, I think, is a good place to... Uh, hopefully, he gets more time to start and he can play. Um, so I'm interested to see how he does um, because it, it's going to be good. The other player that we, uh, we haven't talked about, George... Or sorry, Jorge Corrales. Jorge Corrales, yeah. Yeah, he is with Chicago now. Um my thought is we'll probably see him a little bit here down in Tulsa. You know, he, he's not young, but, he, you know, I think he still needs maybe another year of fine-tuning, polished, um, sending him back down here to Tulsa for a little bit. So, you know, another player we could see coming back. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's he's a uh, left back. Well, 
plays fullback, or he can play fullback. He mm-hmm. can play the wing. I think Chicago depends on who they sign for a DP because mm-hmm. there's been rumors, you know, signing everybody as a DP. Uh, so it'll depend on what they need there. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they saw something in Jorge that I think that I mean I can tell you he's a good player and he had a lot of versatility and he had a lot of athleticism that I think would it would pique anyone's interest if you're an MLS yeah, team that that goal against uh, St. Louis in the preseason last year and then in the regular season and the, too. yep in the regular season <laughs> yes he can uh, can take some of those shots from outside the box way out of the box in the yeah. future instances and really uh do something amazing um yeah it, you know i'm interested to see where this affiliation goes i think it's yeah. going to be another where we'll probably see three players at the most four mm-hmm. uh come down and uh hopefully chicago you know takes it a little bit more serious this year um and says those players that they want to develop and they want to keep sure. around because I, ultimately that helps everybody you know sending yeah. players to just eventually trade them away or let them go it doesn't help anybody you just it's a sunk cost yeah sucks really yep yeah and there's uh so you know maybe they were decided to go a different philosophy a different way um and and colin and joey didn't fit into that um unfortunate because both of those guys were amazing guys and great players as well absolutely well I want to, before we go, I want to get a couple. This is our miscellaneous time right now. So we're just going right. to throw some, just go fast around, get your quick thoughts on this. Opening night. Well, well I just went blank there. What was it? Uh, there's a holiday. St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day. Same. Opening night in Oklahoma City, Tulsa, OKC. What do you think? Orange versus green. You know, classic Irish fight yeah. right now. The Irish blood in me is loving it. No, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it's always going against your rivals at the very beginning is good for the fans, but I think it's a little nerve wracking for um, coaches. And, you know, Oklahoma City has a new coach in uh, Cook. Is that Coach, coach yeah. Cook? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, he was the intern for Colorado Rapids. So they got a whole new system, whole new things coming in. Um, so I, to me, that's good for uh, Tulsa. So I'll take that. Yeah, hopefully catch them before they can really start mounting a, an attack like they did at the end of last season for sure. I'm all for it. I'm excited. Do not. If you're going, you're, you can wear green underwear, Tulsa fans. That's it. You can't wear it on the outside, all right? We're all orange, baby. All right, second thought, home opener, Monarchs, what do you think? Um, we always do good against the Monarchs, don't we? Sure. You know, Tulsa's always got their uh, <laughs> their their number, it seems yeah. like. But uh, they're, they're a good team. You know, they're kind of going through some uh, changeover as well. So we'll see, you know, in front of a big crowd, it's good to sometimes get that MLS name. Mm-hmm. Um hey, we're going to against a MLS two teams. Sometimes it seems like it does a little bit better to pull out the crowds. Sure. Um, but I, I think this year, you know, it's it's, it's going to be interesting to see how the Roughnecks respond, you know, after having, you know, last year it was just recovery mode. It was recovering right. from 2016 all sure. around, you know, on the field and off the field. 
this year you got a year where you made playoffs how do you build from that so right. we recovery to building we're in the building year yeah and, and uh, monarchs they return chandler hoffman who's a good player oh, scored a bunch man. of points for them last season uh sebastian velasquez uh, another player that played a little bit with the uh, mothership too as well played with rsl so you know they're going to be stacked they're going to be good that's going to be a boy tough two matches your rival and then turning around and playing mm -hmm. the team that won the west last year so Two huge matches right off the bat for the, for the season for Tulsa. So we'll have to keep, of course, we'll be covering it all here on the podcast. So just stay tuned. We'll have it all in all the hot takes, all that action. So you know we will. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So last but not least, we've got to talk about the Gunners, right? I mean, we're both. Wait, we're, I want to I wanna throw one more in because I okay, want to yeah, get, yeah, your, uh, get your opinion on sure. this one. Sorry to throw no, an no, audible ahead, on you on your your own podcast yeah, you're right. <laughs> um so tulsa world had an article out the other day about the stadium uh looks like the S tulsa city sports commission is going to invest some money into a um exploratory I don't, I don't know the exact words for it but exploratory analysis of um you know what a stadium would look like the funding for it would look like and how beneficial it would be um you know it just a little bit of background and i think there's always you know we live in oklahoma so there's sure. always questions about this is that the money is already there it's in the um tulsa sports uh, stadium trust so it's money that's already been raised it's already um and it wasn't part of the tax it actually came from well, it came from the taxes from uh, down, downtown restaurants and mm -hmm. things like that. So, you know, it, it's not money that's, you know, it's allocated for stuff like this. Yeah, apologize. No one is dying in the background. This is my son screaming in the other <laughs> room. So in case anyone's like, what on earth is that sound? Yeah. So anyway. No, I was playing uh, playing with the soccer ball with him earlier. Yeah. So already, uh, I'm already teaching him right, right? Yeah, absolutely. So just a heads up in 2034 when the roughnecks, <laughs> if you need a goalkeeper. Well, anyway. Yeah. No, we're working on that left back position. That's yeah, what that, that'd be knows. fine too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, back to the stadium though. It, it's, um, yeah, I, I kind of want to get your your opinion on that. Man, you know, if it's um, it's the allocation of funds, and it's always a little tricky. I've had I back in the past life, I used to audit city governments, so it's always a little tricky to figure out the fine tunes mm -hmm. and the, and 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 the. Uh, dotting of the i's and crossing the t's on those types of things so um as far as a soccer fan yes i, I think a i love one oak as a baseball stadium you know we've ta i've talked to ad nauseum on this you know it's a great place to watch a game for now i know at some point we will have to get something better and i mean better as in more accommodating to a soccer mm -hmm. specific type crowd or a soccer stadium you know, just me, you know, selfishly, it's, of course, it's not my money. So, yeah, let's, let's you know, put a 10,000-person stadium down downtown Tulsa. I would love that. Uh, if you're a soccer fan, I think it's something that – I think that would, you know, as far as getting people to come to the stadium, mm -hmm. I think that would tip the, tip the needle for sure because people want the new stuff. I think people would come out to support if it is soccer-specific to yep. see that – that differentiation between the baseball team and the soccer team. But, um, you know, public money right now is this is not the time to be 
if it has to go to public money, I think it it comes down to a vote. I don't know if that would happen, and yeah, maybe well, that's not the route this this group's taking. Yeah. And I hope not because I don't think that's a popular idea mm. uh, right now. Just in the landscape of the poli- politics of Oklahoma right now. Oh, anywhere. I mean, look at yeah. St. Louis. Um, yeah, I think you, know, you can pay me that money. I can tell you, yes, put a stadium downtown. <laughs> no, it's, it's downtown's growing. I think we all know sure. this in Tulsa that, you know, it's really becoming something to hold. And, and we, you know, before they put in one oak downtown, there was nothing. And they mm-hmm. put that in and it's boom. And sure. so I think they can kind of say the same. Hopefully they see the same thing, you know, put in a soccer stadium. Um, but, you know, every, it seems like every big USL team right now is if they aren't, you know, making plans, Louisville is already well into plans and getting things going. Um, they are exploring it. Colorado Springs is even exploring. Oh, yeah, yeah. That was announced so, today. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's things like that that um, I, I think we're going to see pretty soon a more of a push to get a soccer-specific stadium for, you know, some of these bigger teams. And yep. um, the teams that are coming in, you know, Memphis, um, you know, Las Vegas, it's going to be tough in Las Vegas to oh, find land. hard to find land but, there. Uh, Fresno and, and these teams that, you know, look like they're going to play in baseball stadiums uh, – m- my worry is that they go through some of the same stuff as Tulsa. Sure. Um, but they're spending a lot more money than on, on players and different things. And so they could, you know, you know, that could be the way to do it or that could make it worse and they could fall into the Austin Aztec side of it where right. they spent too much money and then have to fold. And, yeah. um, so I worry about that just because playing in a baseball stadium, you're not going to draw in that, um, you know the twenty thousand, like Cincinnati. Right. You know, if you're lucky, you're like Louisville, and you can pull in ten thousand. You know, if you're lucky, though, yeah. and we and don't then, see that a lot. And then we'd be able to uh, pull in maybe an FC Dallas for yep. Open Cup, or pull in Houston Dynamo, or someone make them come to Tulsa. Yep, I think that would also move the needle, in my opinion, is if we brought in the MLS team for a meaningful match. Now, you know, you can talk exhibitions all day long, but. I'm talking something that matters. Yep. And maybe an exhibition would move the needle a little bit too. I don't know. Um, but that remains to be seen. We haven't heard any discussions on that. Up at this point, we always hear rumors that, hey, maybe Chicago's coming down. But, you know, we haven't seen pen to paper on that at this point. So we'll keep you tuned in case if it does come to fruition. But anyway. Yeah. Um, uh, to me, I'm – optimistic about this but mm. i'm excited about those renderings you know they're gonna come that's, that's <laughs> what, what i'm with the hot tubs and people in yes. the back it's like what is uh, jacuzzis <laughs> <laughs> people are thinking out in jacuzzis i love outlandish um renderings and so it's gonna be fun to see all the crazy art deco soccer stadiums downtown yeah that would totally absolutely i agree well, should we go across the pond just just a minute? You want Jump. to talk over there for a second? Do you want? Do you want? Do, you, do should we there? Is this, this now a good time to talk about uh, Arsenal? No, right now it's a good time to just ignore Arsenal and <laughs> pretend like you were never. Fin- no, I'm. <laughs> no, um, so. Well, you know, right? I mean, honestly, sixth place right now. Made it through the first rounds yeah. of uh, right, Europa. I mean, I'm going to stop you, Roger. You're making us sound good. And <laughs> don't. Just, we are Arsenal. We are crap. 
and that's who we are. No, <laughs> um, I was thinking about this earlier. The, it, one of my all-time favorite scenes from any movie, mm-hmm. 2008, Dark Knight. Harvey Dent is quoted, you either die a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yeah. Finger, you are our, you are our villain. Yeah. You are not the hero that we need. You are not the hero we want. It's time to move on. Uh, to me, Roger, that hurts to say. Sure. But he, he's done. And it, it sucks because he was really the big reason why I became an Arsenal fan. Sure. Um, yeah. the, the professor. Man, uh, how could you not like that? If, if, you're, um, if you're 20, 30 years old, to, if, you're, if you're under the age of 40 and you're an Arsenal fan, you're an Arsenal fan because most likely you're an Arsenal fan because of Arsene Banger. Yes. And... But now I am a fan of the club. Club is being tarnished because of this man, and this man sure. is needing to go. And um, yeah, uh, that's what I have to say on that. And I, there's a lot more people that are smarter than me on this topic that know how hard that is. And sure. I, I agree, it's gonna be tough. But um, and you know where we go from there is is ex- scary. But you know. The unknown, man. Yeah, you got to make the change. I mean, mm-hmm. I think a lot of us Arsenal fans have been kind of screaming from the rooftops on this for a while. I don't know. It took me a while to get to this point, too. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's some people that are still in Arsenal we trust, and then we go off and we knock out Chelsea or beat Man U, and it's like, oh, the good times are back, and then we turn around and lose to Bournemouth. Mm. You know, to me, it's it's kind of more the same. You know, we don't have that... And, and you don't have that go-getter attitude that it's just very complacent. It's very, you know, we, we keep losing these good signings. We lost Francois Coughlin the other day. I mean, I don't know if you, you know, if he's, he's, he's had probably better days or behind him to be, uh, watch him go and tear it up for the team he got signed for. But, you know, I think you just have this pattern of, you know, and, and it's just, this, it's a slow, dec- like you said, you live long enough to be the villain and mm-hmm. that's happening. And yep. He, you know, he's such a polarizing figure right now yep. with the club. You know, you've got your loyalist, but then you have the people that are like, "Hey, man, it's, it's time to change." Yep. If he would have retired, I think two years ago, mm. there would have been a statue made almost immediately. Yeah, I still think there'll be a statue. I I think it will take a good twenty years before there is a statue made. Yeah, maybe. I, and that's only within two years of that changing, yeah. and that's that's hard to say for. Um, somebody that, that did so much good for for the club of Arsenal, but um, yeah, that's where we're at right now, and I think that's where a lot of fans are now. I, I think, um, you know, I would say, you know, a good ninety percent of the fans are where you and I are at mm-hmm. on this, but um, I, we need the board there. The board has to come on board. So and Stan has to Stan the man has to sign off on ah. it. Too. Stan. He's not, he'll he'll just he don't care. Yeah. He <laughs> are they even playing soccer in London anymore? Yeah. <laughs> he's uh he's got that team in LA that he's worried about. He's gotta finance a stadium, Stadi- man. Yeah, that's that's what he does. Yeah. Um, who, who cares about what they're doing in London? Yeah. That's the wrong kind of football, boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he talks like a redneck, but <laughs> uh, hey, he's he's got those horse ranches, so he's yeah. good. Um but yeah. 
Yep, sorry to bring down your pod after oh, man. <laughs> talking nah. about Arsenal. That's what happened. Listen, I drop enough bombs on it myself, so you can't hurt it any worse <laughs> than it already is. <laughs> oh, uh, man. Well, I think we've uh, talked everybody's ear off enough, and I've kept kept you long enough here, Zach. But uh, Oh, you know I would talk to you for hours on end about <laughs> soccer, so we're good. Yeah, we just have just a constant, just a, it's just a conscious stream of thoughts, you know. It's like, oh, well, you know, and... <laughs> My gosh, if we had adult beverages, it, yeah, absolutely. It'd get really interesting. <laughs> be a long night if we could. Uh, but seriously, Roger, it is a pleasure to be on here, and sure. it's always a pleasure talking to you. Um, and yeah, and love being here in this little uh, little soccer bunker. Yeah, so the old Frady hole. <laughs> absolutely. Well, hey, Zach, thanks so much for your time, buddy. And we'll, we'll catch up this season. We'll have you on again, and mm. we'll have plenty to discuss and probably uh, – one of the topics we'll discuss is uh, Arsenal's Europa chances in 2018. So look forward to that. Yay. Yay. (laughs) All right. Thanks, Zach. Thank you. All right. Thank you so much, Zach, for coming on. Always great having you on and talking shop. And folks, again, bgn.fm for all your podcast needs. Like I said earlier, subscribe, click, tell me what you think, interact with me, DM me. FaceTime, whatever. Uh, MySpace, I don't know if I have a MySpace out there. But anyway, (laughs) don't go to MySpace. I don't think I have that going anymore. But anyway, let us know what you think about the podcast. I'd love to hear from you. Great review. Subscribe. All that jazz. But folks, uh, special thanks to Mike Mitchell in the background. Bringing the air horns like he does every week. Helping me edit the podcast. I appreciate it, buddy. And, and, and thanks to all you folks who come on and, and, and for you to come interact and listen. I really appreciate it so much. Until next time, God bless. Stay warm. See you next time. <laughs>